This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. friends. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, podcast featuring women and sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. I'm a sex addict and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. So today is episode 107 and um, and it's kind of a get real episode, I guess. So last weekend, it was last, I think it was I don't remember. Maybe Wednesday night. Maybe it was like Thursday night. I don't remember. Anyway, last week sometime. I found myself um, in the middle of the night. It was probably about 1130 on my hands and knees scrubbing my kitchen floor. And um, I just had this moment sitting on the floor scrubbing the, yeah, sitting on the floor scrubbing the floor where I realized it's time. Like it's time to excuse me, it's time to get real. Um, I had spent the whole evening, most of the day actually, rage cleaning my kitchen, compulsively cleaning my kitchen. This is what I used to do all of the time in addiction. All of the time. It was my way of coping. It was my way of handling anger was to rage clean. And I like top to bottom, you know, my house, like ceilings, um, walls, blinds, you know, whatever it was, windowsills, pull the windows out, clean them, uh, throw things away. It was, it was just like my way of, uh, controlling what I could control. I didn't really realize that until I was telling my therapist about it. And she was like, uh, yeah, you're just controlling what you can control. Right. That's exactly what I was doing. And so Friday night, I was in um, at the tail end of, oh, it wasn't Friday, whatever night it was last week, I was t- at the tail end of cleaning my kitchen floor and, uh, and just had this moment of, it's time. It's time to get real. It's time to talk about some things and it's time to, to start this uh, podcast again on a much more serious level. So... For the last, I don't know, six weeks or so, longer than that, uh, for the last little while, almost year, uh, I've been struggling to podcast. And uh, I've been struggling to podcast for a number of reasons, um, but mostly because I've been spending every moment or time that I had uh, with my mom and because my mom was sick, uh, was super sick. And just recently, um, in October, it was, I guess it was just a little bit ago, um, I had this like resurgence, like I really want to podcast again and I really want to share so many things with you guys. And I started outlining episodes and I started recording episodes. In fact, I probably have like 15 episodes recorded that I haven't released yet. And I really wanted to just, um, talk about some of the things going on, uh, letting go. That was kind of my big October theme that I wanted to discuss and I wanted to talk about. 
And as the best laid plans went for me, um, I had all these plans for October. And then at the beginning of October, um, my mom passed away. And so October didn't quite go as I had planned. Um, and during that whole process, I recorded a lot of my thoughts and feelings as I was driving back and forth between my house and where my mom was living. And, uh, and I just couldn't release them. I just couldn't, they were just a little too fresh. Maybe they're still a little too fresh, (laughs) a little too personal. And I wasn't quite ready to share them with you and with the world. However, as I was rage cleaning on uh, last week and kind of at that tail end, I realized it's time. It's time to put this out there. It's time to come back to my worth recovery community. It's time to, uh, it's time to take this to the next level. It's time to to come back and to make this a regular part of my life. So if you have hung in with me for the last year, I've seen some of your Facebook comments or comments on the podcast, like I think she stopped podcasting and different things like that. I've, if you've hung with me the last year with my few episodes every now and then, um, thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for kind of working through my really rough year with me. Thank you for all of your emails of support. Uh, Thank you a lot for so many different things that have helped me throughout this period of time in my life. Um, So I want to start, I'm going to have a couple episodes here just talking about some of the things that happened and some of the grief that um, I'm experiencing and some of the really difficult moments that I'm having. Like right now, like I feel so inspired to st- to share this information with you and yet I'm really struggling at the same time. So it's okay though. That's just how it is, right? That's how life is. And I can sit in this struggle. So my first episode today, I'd like to share with you um, my thoughts and feelings just two days after my dad, my mom, not my dad, after my mom passed, just a couple days after my mom passed. Um, I recorded this in my car, so there's a little bit more static and noise in it. Um, But I wanted to just, I wanted to record it while it was super fresh in my mind, some of the things that I knew I wanted to share with you. And so I wanted to, um, to just reach out today with this episode, episode 107, and share with you my thoughts and feelings just a couple days after my mom passed away. So I'll start that now. everyone. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, podcast featuring women in sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. I'm a sex addict and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. I'm also fighting a little bit of a cold, so my voice might sound a little weird today. However, I just feel like I need to record this today in the moment. So here I am. So, um, I don't know, a couple months ago, my therapist told me about a tradition or a story from an ancient, I thought it was like an Inca village or something like that. I don't quite remember all the details. 
And I also don't remember if it's true or if it's like a fable. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or something like that. However, it, whatever the details are, shout out to my therapist for telling me because it really has, has impacted me. Um, she told me that there was an ancient village that had a tradition that they did to honor death. Anytime there was a death of one of the villagers, it didn't matter who it was, um, what their status or ranking was or anything like that. <clears throat> if there was a death, the, every single establishment or house or village or hut or fisherman or whatever it is, every single person in that village that night after the death, <clears throat> excuse me, was required to make a change, a permanent change to their house. Something that was visible, something that people would look at the house and say, oh, something's changed. And so whether that was something in the garden, they planted something, they changed a the color, they did something, something that was permanent that would change <clears throat> around their house. Okay, I think I got my throat cleared. And the reason that they did that was because to honor the people that were left behind. Because the next day, when the family members and the loved ones and the friends of those that had passed away walked around the village, they would see that something, that things had changed, that something had changed. Whether it was the color of something, whether there was something new, whether there was something going on that something had changed and it was a tradition that they had to honor those that were left behind because once there is a death in their family or a death of a loved one their world will never be the same and the villagers wanted to honor that they wanted to to tell these people and support these people that were left behind by showing them and expressing to them that they know, they see and know that their world will never be the same. And they're honoring them and acknowledging that by changing something permanent around their house. And when she first told me this kind of fable or story, I, I thought, yeah, that's, that's so true. Having lost my dad, having lost my grandma who was like a second mom to me driving next to a big truck sorry about that um and so the world is the world was never the same once I lost those people and uh two days ago I lost my mom my mom passed away and And I remember fumbling through that first day after my mom passed away. <clears throat> getting in my car and driving home to my house and thinking, it's all the same. Like, I feel like the whole world is different. But I still got cut off on the freeway on the drive home. People were still rushing about their busy lives. Didn't matter. 
And in that moment, I felt two things. One was I felt pretty alone. (laughs) Just realizing that I now have no permanent home, that my parents are both gone. There's no going home and being with them. And then the second thing that I felt after kind of feeling really alone was a lot of compassion (laughs) for how many people are sitting in a car right now driving home from a death and feeling alone and feeling like the world sometimes just goes on that your life has been permanently altered in some way whether that's a death an injury, an accident, a diagnosis, whatever it is, a breakup, a divorce, somehow your life will go on, somehow the world goes on, is what I meant to say, somehow the world just goes on like nothing happened, and your world though has been permanently altered, and in that moment I looked at the people around me in their cars a little differently, thought about the woman who looked just really sad driving in the car next to me I saw I think it was a man crying in a car a little bit later and realizing that we all have we're all part of a story we're all part of a story There are things going on in our lives that no one else sometimes in the world recognizes. Whether that's... Hang on, let me clear my throat. Okay, there we go. We're all part of a story. And there are things going on in the world around us. There are things happening to people in the world around us and sometimes we get caught up in our own story and there might be horrible things going on in our own story and we get caught up in that and we close our view we close our view to other people we forget that other people have their own set of troubles that are going on We forget that our own view or our own paradigm is going to be permanently altered. There are going to be moments that will forever alter our lives, our history, our perspective, the things that we look at, the the way that we look at things, the way that we interpret things. There are going to be moments in our lives that will always permanently alter the way that we look at things. And our challenge as human beings in this world in a world where we are meant and designed to connect with each other. Our challenge is to allow those moments that permanently alter our view to help us build compassion for those around us so that we can feel more connected. As I drove home and I started to think about that I saw this woman in this car I said that looked really really sad and rather than say 
I'm really, really sad. <laughs> I thought, what's going on with her? What's, what's happening? When I saw this man crying in his car, I thought, I get you, man. Like, I'm sitting here sobbing in my car, so I understand that something happened that permanently altered your world today, probably. And that's okay. We're all going to have those moments. And what we can do is we can allow those moments to build compassion in our lives and allow those moments to draw us to other people. Or we can allow those moments to separate us from other people. As we're looking at dates to plan a funeral and different things going on, there's, you know, my family's just a little bit dysfunctional. And there was a lot of, just a lot of really needless arguing over what the right date is for a funeral and with who we invite and how and all that good stuff. And I remember just, just not being okay with that, that in this moment when my worldview has changed, I want that view to not be more narrow, but, but wider. I want my view to now encompass more people. I want my view to establish more compassion in my life, more understanding, more ability to, to perspective take and to think about others. I want my view to, to change in those ways and not to become more narrow or less empathetic. That's how I want my view to change. That's how I want things to go. So I just wanted to share this quick message with you, my podcast community, for a couple reasons. One, thank you for all the support and all the reaching out and all the amazing things that you've done for me as I've uh, struggled this last year with my mom. And second, I challenge you to really think about your worldview and your perspective It's important that our experiences like addiction, like betrayal trauma, like death, like divorce, these devastating things that happen to us, they can do two things. They can drive us further inward, further inside of ourselves. They can limit our worldview to the point where... We are not able to perspective take or, or help other people, or we can allow these moments to help us build compassion in our lives, to help us think about other people, to help us understand other people and understand that everyone's worldview is permanently altered during their lives in some way. Maybe that's the first time. Excuse me. I can't cry and talk and drive at the same time. I think we've already established that. So maybe um, I lost my train of thought there as I was trying to turn the corner and not hit this truck. 
Um, anyway, point being, we have a choice when we have these types of moments. And sometimes that choice, we can always, the great thing about that choice, I guess, is what I'm trying to say is we can always change that choice. Over this last year, there have been moments when I've chosen to not allow this event to broaden my perspective. There have been moments when I've tried to share my life and things going on with me with other people and they can't hold that or they don't, they're not willing to understand. Their, their worldview does not contain, it's not wide enough to hold someone who has had a different experience than theirs. Does that make sense? Like sometimes we are, our worldview and the way that our view has been altered, um, is gets more narrow. And when it gets more narrow, we're not able to hold the perspective of other people. We're not able to hold space for people that have experiences outside of our own. We say things like, I can't imagine that. I can't even imagine that. Well, the minute that you say that, you can't imagine that. The minute that you say that, you've told me that you can't hold space for me. And that, that, my friends, is damaging to other people. We need to be able to imagine that. We need to be able to, to take the perspective of other people. We need to be able to, to listen to them and have a broad enough worldview and have a broad enough worldview and a wide enough worldview that we can hold space for people that have experiences beyond our own. And that's what these moments in our life can do for us. It can allow us to take a perspective outside of our own and it can allow us to build more compassion. But it can't happen unless we intentionally do that. So there you have my uh, thoughts and feelings just a couple days after my mom passed away. I, I really believe that. I believe that these moments that we have, these life-altering moments, these moments that maybe alter the course of our life um, forever, can be used to help us, um, that we can be used, they can be used to broaden our worldview and broaden our perspective and allow us to be more compassionate and allow us to hold space for other people and give us experiences and emotions and things that allow us to be more empathetic and more compassionate with others. And I also believe that it is 100% a choice Um, In this last month since I recorded that, um, I've gone back and forth. I'm going to be honest here. There are moments where I don't allow it to broaden my perspective and I feel very alone and isolated and I sometimes do that on purpose and I've found that that leads to bitterness, um, that it it leads to uh, me versus the world mentality. Um, it's not, it's not great. It doesn't do great things for me, but sometimes it's, sometimes it's the easier path or sometimes it's, 
um, the less emotional path for me um, rather than trying to connect and, and spend time in my emotions. And I'm grateful that I can change my mind. Um, that just because I might choose that in one moment doesn't mean that the next moment I can't choose something different. I'm so grateful for people in my life that reflect that back to me. I sent an email the other day to a friend and was just like, I just want to tell everyone to go to hell. (laughs) That's all I want to say. And she said, tell them you can change your mind tomorrow. (laughs) And, and I was like, oh, thank you for that reflection. Right? Like I, we can change our minds on things like that. Those, when we take those experiences and for periods of time, choose to allow them to isolate us. We can change our mind at any point in time. And I'm grateful for that. Um, I I hope that this podcast episode doesn't leave you depressed and sad for me. Um, though I am going through some massive amounts of grief. I'm so grateful for so many different things about my life right now. Um, and... I'm incredibly grateful for my mother, for the things that she taught me, for the things that I learned from her, um, both the good things and the things not to do. Um, And I'm grateful for the amazing things that have come into my life because of her and her influence. Um, And I'm grateful for this opportunity uh, to do things differently. Uh, My dad passed away. Six years ago, and I was just brand new in recovery. And it was a little bit different experience than this time around. And I'm just really grateful to be in recovery and to be doing this um, rather than be out there uh, flailing, trying to figure out how to handle my life and my grief. And I'm grateful to have tools and I'm grateful to have a community and I'm grateful to have people in my life. Um... And I'm grateful to know that I'm not the only one that goes through this. I'm grateful to know that every one of us is going to die. Every one of us has had a close friend or a relative, a parent, maybe a sibling, maybe a spouse. All of us know someone that has died. And if you were like me that grew up and that wasn't the case in your youth or your young adult years, um, we didn't really start having death in my family until... I was, I don't know, 33, maybe 32, 33 is when death started to touch my life in a little bit closer manner. And it's been almost a death a year since then, um, of my grandparents, my parents, uh, relatives that I was very close to. And, and that's been, uh, a struggle in itself. And so I'm grateful to know that I'm not the only one that goes through this and that, uh, and that there is hope and peace and progress and love, lots and lots of love out there. So I hope today that you think about the perspective of how your life altering moments have helped you to broaden that perspective and to show more love and compassion and empathy for towards other people and how they can drive you towards other people instead of isolating you away from other people. I think that most people in addiction that I know have a tendency to let these experiences isolate them and pull them back from others rather than push them towards others. And that's probably justifiable. You probably had maybe had experiences in the past where 
others um, haven't been a safe place for you to land when you've been grieving or there's been problems. Um, and I've run into that as well when I'm going through this grief process. And we'll talk more about that in the coming episodes. However, I just want you to know at the end of this episode that uh, I hope that you remember that no matter where you are, no matter what's going on in your life right now, no matter how you feel in this moment, no matter no matter what, that you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know that. And um, if you don't know that, you can just rely on my knowledge until then. And I hope that uh, that you've been patient with me over this last year and that as I start to uh, get things going again here that you'll continue to to hold on and, uh, and be part of the Worth Recovery community. Please remember that I love you, I think about you, and I pray for you all of the time. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.